Welcome to the Legal One podcast, brought to you by Legal One, the leader in school law training in the state of New Jersey. Legal One is part of the NJPSA and FEA family, so we are thrilled to be offering this podcast to you as a way to help you gain a greater understanding of critical legal issues. We want to provide you with convenient, easy access to essential information. Each episode is 30 minutes or less, so it provides a timely way for you to get information. In each episode, we're going to be reviewing critical legal principles based on case law, statute, regulation, or other key guidance. We'll talk about why that issue matters today and how the law has evolved. We'll talk about key steps in working with parents and other critical stakeholders to positively address the issues in question. And we'll give you more information. We'll give you resources so that you can access online courses and other events and know how to get a greater level of understanding of these issues. So let's get started. And thank you so much for joining us for the Legal One podcast. Welcome to the Legal One podcast. My name is David Nash. I'm the director of the Legal One program. Today's episode is part of a 12-part series addressing legal issues related to the reopening of schools for students in the fall. Today, we're going to be discussing key equity considerations related to reopening in light of the disproportionate impact of the pandemic on students and families linked to key factors such as race, ethnicity, and other protected classes. We have two special guests who are with us today for this conversation. First, we have Fidelia Sturdivant, who is the coordinator for diversity, equity, and inclusion for NJPSA and FEA, and was a longtime school principal and a past president of the New Jersey Principals and Supervisors Association. So Fidelia, thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you, Dave. Thank you so very much for inviting me to this very, very important session dealing with the reopening of schools. We also have with us today Rosa Chera, who is the former president and now the federal legislative chair for the New Jersey PTA. We are very excited that we're offering this podcast in partnership with New Jersey PTA. So thank you, Rose, for being with us today. And thank you, Dave, for once again, including New Jersey PTA at the table for this very important topic. So as we begin our conversation today, let's take a moment to reflect on the disproportionate impact that the pandemic has had on many of our students linked to race and ethnicity. For students of color, those students are more likely to have had a negative health impact for themselves or family members linked to the pandemic. Those students are more likely to have been educated remotely throughout the entire pandemic and have had less access to in-person instruction. They're less likely to have had access to comparable technology and other supports. Although we have made progress in closing the digital divide, we have seen significant disparities in that access to technology. Those students are more likely to have had suffered greater learning loss based on the data that we do have available from school district local assessments. Those students are less likely to have had access to outside supports for emerging mental health, substance use, or physical health issues and more likely to be negatively impacted if districts return to our prior policies in areas such as student discipline, where across the nation, we have had a heavy reliance on out-of-school suspension that has disproportionately impacted our minority students. We also know that there is a real potential for significant impact for individual students based on other world events, Thinking back to where we were in March of 2020 and where we are today as we prepare for reopening in the fall of 2021, a tremendous amount has happened in our society. 
Our students, our families, our staff have all witnessed horrific images related to racial injustice. We think about the horrific images related to the George Floyd killing and the impact that has had on all of our students, but the significant impact that it's had on students of color. So we have had these incredible challenges. We've had a disproportionate impact from the pandemic. And we also have in place a comprehensive legal framework that we need to understand as we prepare for reopening. So New Jersey, in many ways, is ahead of much of the nation when it comes to our statutory framework, the protections that we have put in place to address issues of equity for all students, for all staff, for all parents. New Jersey requires every school district to put in place a comprehensive equity plan. That plan has to be updated every three years, and school districts will have to have in place a new plan in 2022 to cover the period of 2022 through 2025. The plan is very comprehensive. It needs to look at identifying and correcting all discriminatory practices, any inequities that we see related to hiring, related to staffing, related to facilities, related to programs, related to students. As part of that plan, school districts are required to critically analyze their data, to look at any achievement gaps that we see, to look at disparities that we see in areas such as student discipline, to look at disparities that we see in areas such as access to rigorous courses, because we do see those disparities in New Jersey and across the nation. And every school district is required to make sure they're putting in place plans to get to the core issues related to those disparities and look over time to make progress at addressing those disparities and closing these gaps that we do see. We have a comprehensive framework that we have to all be aware of when it comes to state and federal law. So New Jersey has the Law Against Discrimination, which is one of the strongest anti-discrimination laws in the nation. It applies to schools and all other employers. As far as our schools go, we also have New Jersey's Anti-Bullying Bill of Rights, which provides strong protection against harassment, intimidation, or bullying. And we know, unfortunately, that in many cases, that harassment, intimidation, or bullying is linked to factors such as race, ethnicity, disability, religion, sexual orientation, and certainly can raise important equity issues. New Jersey has put in place some other very strong laws, including our Gifted Education Act that was recently enacted that is focused on ensuring that all students have access to high-level rigorous courses, including, for example, English language learners who have been significantly underrepresented in our gifted and high-level courses, and students of color who have been significantly underrepresented in many of those courses. We have strong legal protections for students with disabilities under the Individuals with Disabilities Education Act and Section 504. We have strong protections related to gender under Title IX. We have very strong protections under the Americans with Disabilities Act. We have strong protections for religious expression under our federal constitution and certainly reinforced in state law. And New Jersey has in place strong protections that go beyond federal law. So for example, we have strong protections in place for students linked to gender identity and gender expression. We provide a very strong safety net to support our transgender students. And we have a very strong safety net in place to support our English language learners that, again, goes even beyond what we see under federal law. So in addition to all of those strong anti-discrimination protections, we also have a comprehensive set of curriculum requirements in place for our schools. We've had for many years requirements to include instruction about the Holocaust and genocides that have happened throughout our history, about African-American history, about dating violence and sexual assault and the dangers of sexting. 
We have requirements to ensure that we're addressing the needs of students who may be deaf or hard of hearing under the Deaf Students Bill of Rights. We've put in place strong legal requirements to include in our curriculum education on digital citizenship and social media. Unfortunately, many times when we're seeing issues of discrimination, they are happening on social media. They're happening through electronic communications. We do have provisions that allow parents to opt out of some portions of our health, family education, and sex education curriculum, but there is no opt-out and there should not be any opt-out to any portion of our curriculum dealing with issues of equity. And that's important for us to understand that our curriculum requirements relating to diversity, equity, and inclusion are for all students and it's something that we need to make sure that we are committed to. In recent years, New Jersey has expanded some of those curriculum requirements to provide an even stronger focus on issues of equity. In 2019, New Jersey put in place requirements to include instruction on the political, economic, and social contributions of persons with disabilities and individuals who are gay, lesbian, bisexual, and transgender at the middle school and high school level in all school districts. And we have had some pushback on that requirement in particular. There was one recent example where a Board of Education member sent an email to the superintendent and the board member said she was disgusted and appalled by the requirement to include this instruction in our curriculum. It was a very disturbing comment made in that case. And it does provide an important reminder that as we're putting in place these curriculum pieces, as we're putting in place a large framework that addresses issues of equity, we're sometimes going to run into resistance. And our resistance can come from a number of different quarters. It could come from Board of Education members, could come from staff members, could come from parents, could come from students. The good news is that the vast majority of our students, parents, and staff are very supportive of the work that we're doing in New Jersey to address issues of equity. But we do need to be prepared and appropriately respond when we do have some resistance that comes to these requirements. New Jersey in 2021 has put in place a new curriculum requirement that strengthens our approach to issues of equity in the curriculum. So we have a new requirement for a curriculum K through 12 that ensures we are looking at issues of diversity, equity, and inclusion. It requires us to consider issues related to gender and sexual orientation, issues related to race and ethnicity, issues related to students with disabilities and individuals with disabilities, and issues related to religious tolerance. So it's a very broad set of issues that we need to address in this curriculum, including, of course, students who may be struggling with mental health issues as well. And it is a requirement that was put in place K through 12 that school districts are going to have to have in place for the 2021-2022 school year and moving forward. We know that there are potential foreseeable legal issues that could arise as we look to implement this new curriculum requirement and look to continue our important work when it comes to addressing issues of equity in our schools. So for example, with this new curriculum requirement, it's possible that some students might attempt to discuss current events in ways that may not be appropriate, may not be sensitive to issues of race and ethnicity and religion or gender identity or sexual orientation. And we need to prepare students to know how to have those conversations. We know there's the potential for some parents to object to this requirement, to seek to opt out of this requirement. Oftentimes it's because of a misunderstanding of what we're looking to do. We know that we may have some staff members who object to implementing these requirements and could potentially cite their own religious or moral views as a grounds for objecting. 
We know that there may be some well-intentioned staff members who try to put in place assignments and lesson plans that actually cause harm. So we need to make sure that we take the time to properly plan out how we're implementing these new requirements. We know that there can be insensitive student comments, sometimes not intentional, and we need to try to help students understand those potential areas of concern. We know that students may be willing to and might start to share personal experiences as we have conversations related to equity and discrimination. The potential is there for us to open the door for students to share very personal experiences. And if that happens, we need to understand how to appropriately respond to that, support that student and address whatever issues might be raised. And we know that political objections could come, as we said, from, for example, Board of Education members or others who attempt to block implementation of this curriculum or more broadly attempt to block efforts to address our commitment to equity in all aspects of what we do. So the challenges are real. The good news is that New Jersey has put in place this comprehensive framework to address these issues. And the vast majority of our students, parents, and staff are supportive of these efforts and want to work to have a more just and equitable school system and society. So with that framework in place, I would like to turn to Rose and Fidelia to think about some critical issues that school districts should be grappling with as we prepare for reopening. So Rose, I'll start with you. Where do you think school districts should begin in terms of working with parents to address the inequitable impact of the pandemic linked to issues such as race, ethnicity, and disability? So yes, in the PTA, this has been a major concern for us. We definitely are aware that the pandemic has set back learning for all students, but especially for the students of color and special needs. As you mentioned also with school shutdowns, it has compounded racial inequities in learning and in, in achievements. So together, we must be intentional about addressing the needs caused by the pandemic. One thing that we have been doing in PTA, I, I, we know that there's many equity summit series that have come out. The United States Department of Education has a great one going on. Even the New Jersey Department of Education has one scheduled for our educators in August, I believe. So together, we need to reimagine our school systems and where every student and family has a voice. We need to just do a better job also to help our underserved communities. Again, you know, I'll say at a PTA, we are empowering our members to ask the uncomfortable questions and be involved in all the equity plans. And hopefully our school districts are involving their parents, especially they should be involving everyone, but especially the parent voice when it comes to having equity plans in place. So thank you for that, Rose. Fidelia, let me raise this question with you as well. From your point of view, where should school districts begin? There is so much for us to do when it comes to addressing issues of equity. And the pandemic has really shown a light and in some ways made those disparities even worse. Yes, Dave. I'd like to begin by saying thank God for the PTA Rose. As a former principal, I say that sincerely. But I sit here and as I think about the banner call to reopen schools, which is a great one, but I think the banner call should be reopen schools through the lens of equity, school equity. And well, exactly, what is school equity? And there are definitions, and certainly author Elaine Agarwal has a great definition, but because of the time, I'm gonna simply say this. 
Fiscal equity is what the President of the United States talked about in his recent executive order. In fact, that executive order was January 28, 2021. And what it says is that the Civil Rights Department will enforce the law guaranteeing that all students have access to educational opportunities free from discrimination, based on race, color, national origin, sex, or disability and or age. So we're talking about school equity is the starting place where we should begin as we reimagine, rethink, and from my perspective, redesign the educational school system post-pandemic. Thank you for that, Fidelia. As we think about these issues and getting ready for the reopening this fall, really a large-scale reopening where all of our students are coming back, can we use this opportunity to take a fresh look at maybe some of our longstanding policies and protocols and practices that impact on equity? So Rose, I'll ask you this question first. For example, we have discipline policies in place in New Jersey and across the nation that in many ways have had a significant disparate impact on students of color. And we have policies in place regarding access to rigorous courses that have led us to under-identify students of color, students with disabilities, English language learners for those rigorous courses. So any thoughts on perhaps using the fall as the opportunity to take a fresh look at these issues? Yes, absolutely. You know, one thing that we are all aware is that everyone will be coming back at different levels. You know, throughout these last few months, we have had students that have been all remote, students that have been hybrid. Again, they have really missed out on a lot. So in PTA with our members and um, our education partners, we've been concentrating on the whole child, where obviously, you know, it's not really a do-over, but like you said, come in with some fresh eyes. Policies that were set no longer are going to work. There are students that are going to be returning to the classroom for the first time in like, it'll be close to 20 months because I think we were just at 15 months like a few weeks ago. So we need to keep that in mind. We have great guidance that's been provided by the New Jersey Department of Education and our health department where PTA and other education partners have been part of the plans of working out those guidance. So the guidance has been provided to the school district and now it's up to the superintendent and the board of education to re-examine and re-look into some of their policies that may not work, like I said, as we return back to the classroom and make the changes that are necessary and again, I keep saying it, involving all the stakeholders, all the voices at the table to make sure that we are coming in with that new fresh lens. So great points, Rose. Let me ask you, Fidelia, as well. How can we use this as an opportunity to perhaps take a fresh look at some really longstanding policies and protocols and practices that we've had in place that have negatively impacted our efforts to address issues of equity? Relative to what we need to do, we need to look at the disciplinary policy. Unfortunately, it's racist. Why? Because children of color are disciplined more severely than other children. I'll put it that way. We can look at the suspension rates, okay? We can look at how the fact, unfortunately, that a five-year-old was handcuffed and taken to the police department for simply leaving the playground area. So yeah, we do need to look at the discipline policy, we need to look at the graduation criteria. We need to look at the calendar. And more importantly, we need to look at the curriculum 
the curriculum needs to be diverse. There should be diverse materials used for instruction. There should be diversity in the hiring of staff, not only children of color, but all children need to see different people, especially people of color in professional positions and positions with authority. This is what our world is made up of. So I think the school is a great starting place for that. And certainly we need to be very mindful of implicit bias. Because it's implicit, it doesn't mean that it hurts any less. So we have to make sure that our educational staff have been trained, retrained, sensitized, so that they know that they have to be very mindful that they're teaching and working to service all children to service, as Rose said, the total child, we need to make sure that we're addressing the needs of all of our students, not just some of the students, not just the wealthy ones, not the ones that speak only English, not the ones that were just born in America, but we're talking about all of the students who are in American schools are entitled to have access to a quality education and opportunities to learn. Yeah, there are things that need to change, but I think it begins with the mindset that we have to grow, that we have to make sure we implement school equity. It's not enough to have policies. Yeah, we have lots of laws and policies, all right? We have a new curriculum, okay, talking about diversities. It's on record. But what's more important is the implementation of that diversity curriculum so that our children will grow K-12. Unfortunately, bias is taught, and it's taught early. But if we have the curriculum in place, and we do it sincerely with fidelity, then we're talking about making sure that we're educating the total child and that we're looking at school equity for all of our people, for all of our children, for all of our school administrators. So yeah, there's a need to make changes and it begins with policy. Thank you so much for that, Fidelia. And there are so many areas for us to look at. And of course, when we think about where we're going to be in fall of 2021, we are in a very different place than we were in March of 2020. Think about how much has happened in the world in that period of time. So Rose, let me ask you this first. How should schools think about incorporating some of these recent and current events that impact on issues of equity? Certainly, the worldwide racial justice movement has had a profound impact and is something that schools will need to address as we prepare for the fall. Yes, that's a, a great question. We definitely need to become champions of racial equity, and it's a shame that it took you know, for example, the death of George Floyd to give us that wake up call. Being able to increase that awareness has been important. And Delia brought up a great point. Things are, you know, learned sometimes. And if our children see parents reacting to a certain way, it's going to also help them. We also have to encourage and support our educators so that they are in turn supporting the needs of, of the children as they return. But again, it's it's so important that we start with our Board of Education. You know, I come here speaking with that parent voice, and I refer a lot to the Board of Education because we're the constituents in our district, and the Board of Education is our voice. So we have to make sure that they have a strong commitment to racial equity, that they are adopting an equity statement. We actually are even telling our PTAs to have a, a DEI committee to have their own equity statement. Also know your district demographics, who you're representing. We think that's going to be very important as we move on. And again, work on developing goals and policies with a strong equity lens. 
and rework the policies that support these inequities. Because again, you know, our mission is to make sure that all, every child's potential is a reality. And that's what all children, not just children of certain races or, you know, learning disabilities, things like that, all children. So thank you for that, Rose. Let me ask you, Fidelia, um, as we said, so much has changed since March of 2020. We've had these profound world events. Any thoughts on how we should incorporate some of these critical events into our approach as we move forward? Dave, I have lots, lots of thoughts about it, but let me begin by saying racial disparities is not new to people of color. It exists for a long time and has been for centuries. What has happened is that the news has highlighted the disparities. And it's not just for people of color to see, but for the world, not just the United States, but the world to see. And therefore, racial consciousness is at a high now. And this is a perfect time to make some differences. So now, moving forward, what do we need to do? What can we do? Well, there's a list. And I'm going to begin by talking about social emotional wellness. We need to, first of all, zero in on that because of the loss. We need to make sure that that's in place for everyone. But if we redesign our educational system, let's begin first with school equity. Make sure that every school, every district, not only put it in a plan, but implement it. That every child has access to quality education. Here again, let's deal with the social emotional issues. We have to. We have to ensure support for social emotional learning. You can't ask a child to come to school and learn when he's grieving. We got to make sure we have something in place to support that child. And not only social emotional support for students, we need to have it for our teachers, for our administrators. The pandemic has been devastating for everyone. We need to close that digital divide, no question about it. We've improved, but we want to close it because we need it. We want to implement that diversity curriculum, K-12. We want to do that as well. And we want to have a variety of instructional methods. I believe in blending because children learn different ways. So yes, we want in-person instruction. There's no question about it being the best. But we also need to have a combination. We also need to take advantage of some of the digital devices that may be in the home. We need to be mindful that the internet is better now than it was initially. So we want to make sure that we provide a variety of learning opportunities. In terms of stakeholders, just like we're partnering with the PTA, we need to make sure that we partner with all stakeholders. So we're not talking about effective communication just between the school population, but we're talking about effective communication between teachers and students, teachers and teachers, administrators and teachers, schools and parents, schools and the community, schools and the board of education members. We need to be on the same level we need to know that we need to move forward. Yes, we got through the pandemic, thank God, but yet and still, this is an opportunity to grow, to make sure that our children are growing, that we're preparing them to be successful in life. And not that there has to be a division between your race, your wealth, where you live, what school you go to. We need to come together. And the way that we can do that is to make sure that we're providing professional development for our teachers. It's just not good enough to say, okay, do it. We need to have them have training on equity, coaching for equity. They need to know what it looks like. But here again, not just teachers, we need to have it for administrators, we need to have it for board members. All of that's important if we're gonna be a family, if we're gonna partner for success to reopen our schools, not as they were last year, but better. Not last year, I should say over 16 months ago, but we want them to be better. 
So I want to thank both of our wonderful guests today. Rose Achera, let me thank you for all the great work you have been doing with New Jersey PTA and for your commitment to addressing issues of equity. Thank you, Dave. It's been a pleasure. And like you said, this today was an eye opener for me just on this side of the table. I can't wait till your viewers get to hear this important uh, conversation that we got to share today. And Fidelia, let me thank you as well. Uh, you have just been an incredible friend and, and partner at looking at these issues. And um, I want to thank you for all the work that you're doing to help us as an association, as a state, as a society, to look at these critical issues. Dave, I want to thank you for the opportunity. I want to thank you for not being hesitant to bring the issue to the table and to bring the stakeholders to the table as well, people like Rose. So I thank you for the opportunity and it was my pleasure to be a part of this very important discussion. For all of our listeners, we do remind you that today's episode also has companion materials that we make available on the Legal One website for those who want to learn more about what you can do and what your schools can do to address issues of equity. So we encourage you to go to the Legal One website, www.njpsa.org slash Legal One NJ for additional information. We also encourage you to go to the New Jersey PTA website. NJPTA has been a wonderful partner with us, and we encourage you to look at their website at www.njpta.org. I want to thank all of you who are listening for the great work that you are doing every day to support our students, to address issues of equity, to help us to move forward on these critical topics. We greatly appreciate everything that you're doing to support our students. Be safe, be well, and we look forward to having you with us for future episodes of Legal One Podcast. Thank you for listening to today's episode. If you would like more information on the topics we covered, a full list of episodes, or a preview of upcoming topics, please visit our website at www.njpsa.org legal1nj.